Hi there, you are listening to Beyond Distribution with GTDC Podcast. Our series focuses on one-on-one conversations with tech leaders and subject area experts who cover the technology space. Today's guest is Daniel Nissan, founder and CEO of Structured Web Inc., which is a provider of a leading channel marketing automation platform. Daniel shares his thoughts on the AI evolution. How will it impact work processes and the channel in the next couple of years? What opportunities lie ahead for distribution and the channel in general? We hope you enjoyed this episode and don't forget to check all of the others available on Apple, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. Welcome everybody to the latest edition of uh, Beyond Distribution. And uh, I am delighted today to have as our guest, uh, Daniel Nissan, CEO and founder of Structured Web. Daniel, welcome. Hi, Frank. Good afternoon, and thank you for having me today on your podcast. Pleasure being here. Yeah, thank you. It, uh, it's great to have you. I, I know that uh, you and I met uh, not too long ago at, at our event uh, in, um, I guess it was in February at the, uh, yeah, at the GTDC event. And, uh, and of course, you know, your company has been around for quite some time. So before we get going, uh, could you tell us a little bit about your uh, entry into the IT space and also a little bit about Structured Web? So I entered to the IT space as a, a teenage when I started to do programming. I didn't know that I'll be working in this industry at that time. And later on, after my army service, I started my first startup. And it happens to be in the IT space. So I developed software back then. And it happens and it's closing a loop to what we do today. It was also related to distribution. And so I started my first company in IT and related to helping channel partners managing their um relationship with vendors that they represented in the local markets. Excellent. And we're about Structured Web. Talk to us a little bit about Structured Web and, and what you guys are doing. Uh, I know you've been around for uh, some time. Yeah, I, I started Structured Web 20, 24 years ago with the vision that similar businesses don't need to reinvent their web presence, marketing activities, and, and go to market. And we started in general with any kind of uh, businesses, different verticals. And after a year or two, we found out that the success is in the channel. Uh, so we initially worked with a lot of channel partners, serving them directly for about 10 years. And after that, about eight years ago, we changed the model and start to work and providing our platform to the vendors so they can serve their channel partners. And then we really moved to the enterprise space and became a leader in the channel marketing uh, which people call TCMA space. Yeah, that's great. That's good, and that's certainly certainly an area that, that's that's critical. I mean, one of the things that I've found over the years um, is that, uh, particularly at the solution provider level where you started, um, there's just a lot of folks that just needed marketing help. You, yeah. you know, you had some really good technical folks, you know, but when it came to figuring out how to market and you know, run the business and market. Uh, their business and and provide sort of an overall marketing sort of um, presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, they needed help, and and of course transitioning to the vendor world where I lived for a long time. You know, as you know, um, we constantly needed ways to you know interact better mm-hmm. uh, with our channel community, channel partners. So uh, that's great. It's certainly well needed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, Daniel, one of the things that, you know, you and I talked a little bit about in the past and, and certainly is a major topic right now, um, you know, is AI yep. and everything that's going on in, you know, in that area. And um, uh, clearly, you know, it's evolving and it'll continue to evolve for a yep. while. Um, how do you expect the various technologies to sort of become mainstream as, mm -hmm. as we go forward here? Yeah, uh, as like many other technologies, and I've been involved in the internet space from 1992, right? So I was able to see even that infrastructure growing. It take about five and years for technologies really to become a public domain, but it's a process. So there are early adopters, there are situations where the technology fits better and other situations the technology need to continue involved. And that's what I expect to see also with AI, right? There will be some use cases will be obvious and we already start to see them in the market. There are some others that might be obvious and, and easy to use, but the market is not ready to use them. So the, the adoption would lag the availability and we expect that to continue and evolve over time. But I would say in the next two to three years, we see AI taking a dominant part of how we humans inter interact and use computers. Okay, it's not going to replace what we do. It's going to not to put us all out of jobs. The opposite will make us better <clears throat> and uh, capable to generate more content, generate more ideas and, and process more activities faster with less resources. And those uh, improvements, which I think will overcome uh, some of the challenges that we have, for example, with the shrinking workforce. Now, a lot of people, baby boomers are retiring now. Everybody was concerned about that, how we maintain productivity, how we maintain innovation. AI is actually going to help with that in a substantial way. So actually, I think it will have a great impact on our economy. Yeah, I agree, by the way, and, and certainly, you know, not unlike what we saw with cloud yeah. starting 10 years ago, uh, you know, continued to evolve. This, however, is a little bit different in that um, uh, clearly there are productivity op opportunities for productivity enhancements. Yeah. Um, but there's also opportunity for bad actors mm -hmm. and for things that, you know, we would worry about. Right. Correct. Um, and it seems like, you know, governments uh are starting to think about proposing you know panels legislation etc what are your thoughts here how do you see that sort of playing itself out mm -hmm. yeah so there definitely is definitely ways to exploit this technology and use it in a bad way as you said and i think it requires collaboration between the industry leaders those companies that develop those models and the government but will require more than that because there are more and more models that are actually open source. So you cannot control them anymore. You cannot just, it's not handful of companies will have access to this model and we'll need to develop like, you no know, internet created a great environment for us to collaborate, but also create a huge hazard around cybersecurity, right? Before the internet, there was no connection between all these public and private networks. So there was no need to protect ourselves from uh, vicious attacks by other people. I think the same with AI will be the technologies here, there are great benefits of the technology, and there'll be a growing number of regulations, policies, and also technologies that will protect us from those people who try to exploit this uh, technology in a negative way. It's kind of interesting. Um, I worry about that. The other thing I worry about, and I think there's been some press about this recently, 
uh, is just that as it continues to evolve, um, people people need to understand that there are limitations, yep. you know, in terms of you know how they can depend on what they're seeing and what they're getting, mm -hmm. um, and how to use it properly. Do you do you see that as a you know as a current concern? And, and over time, how do you think that sort of plays itself out? There, there are different ways that you can see threats from this technology, right? First is the ability to mimic the voice and image and thinking of a person, right? So that's that's something that's concerning a lot of people. The ability to generate content in a scalable way that personalized to specific person opinion, right? So you can use it to exploit for political reasons, right? Yeah. Or to drive chaos in an in, in environment in a specific society. Uh, but this type of communication go through a platform that need to provide somebody with an API in order to use it for a, such a negative use case. So I think collaboration with the platform, be it Facebook or Twitter or now X or a, other platform like Instagram would enable protect and to control the use of these technologies in a negative way. Um, so it's it's really the collaboration between the different platforms that create the access between um, those play, bad players to the people that can be exploited that need to be controlled, need to put more technologies to to do that and and to monitor how the system is being used. As you um, as you think about it for your own company, and mm -hmm. you know as you guys continue to evolve and provide the services that you know you're providing both vendors and you know and channel partners. Um, what do you see some of the advantages and some of the risks going forward? So in, in our case, because we're in the channel marketing space, right? We're a very text and content driven uh, business process. We actually see tremendous opportunities uh, to improve the marketing and get to something we set kind of a vision many years ago to get the right message to the right person at the right time, right? And key success in marketing is our my ability to describe my product in your situation, right? So when you try to sell, the best way is to think about from the buyer point of view, right? But because we have so many buyers, and if we go through channels, different channel partners sell to different buyers, right? It's very hard for a vendor to make all the different derivatives and different versions of the stories that the partners can take their message to market. And even a single partner might sell to four, five, six different personas and different verticals. Generative AI actually would enable that. Or actually, with our technology now already enabled that to take one email and with few clicks and 60 seconds later, and you have the message verticalized, targeted to the use case of the buyer. So if you have a generic message and you want to target it to somebody in the banking industry and it might say regional banks and they specifically they are concerned about, I don't know, thread because of remote online banking. You put these three keywords into the wizard, you click enter, and you get the message customized for this use case. Mm -hmm. But tomorrow you have another sales team that sells to another vertical. You can customize the campaign for them again with a few clicks. So being able to adjust the story and, and change it according to the buyer point of view, make it at a very scalable way, low cost in, in any language, this is a very powerful thing that we never had before. I've heard folks, and I think you guys have even indicated this, that the key to the success ultimately sort of is in the training process, right? Yes. And mm -hmm. describe that to me a little bit and describe that to our listeners as to what, what you mean by that. So a large language model, which is the technology underlying the GPT or similar technologies, 
is a, a AI model uh, that was trained on a big data set. That's why it's called general, right? The G. And uh, it understand a lot, but it was trained on a massive amount of data and that training stopped at a specific uh, period of time because you cannot train it every day, right? Yes. So, for example, ChatGPT is trained until uh, 2021, right? So it's now two or three years old, already the data set there. So if you come and try to write on a specific vendor content and a product that was released yesterday or two weeks ago or six months ago, right? And you have that vendor, they have their own specific style of the way they want to communicate. They have um, different keywords they like to use their product. They have specific rules of things they don't want to say, negative keywords they don't want to say, right? There is a set of rule that I need to apply to this generative uh, AI engine to be able to write the way I want it to write. So what we do, we take the general model and we train it. And there are specific processes that are available to everybody. Train the model, right? Everybody with technical and, and skills. And you can train it for be specific to your needs, calling the technical term called fine tuning. So we make the general model more specific and more specific to a specific vendor and specific use case, because when we train the system, we even say, oh, we're going to use it for their channel partners, right? So speak as a reseller and not the vendor themselves when you create any kind of marketing content. And then we add also the rules. This is the example of the emails that the vendor like to generate one vendor is different than the other some people like to be very detailed some people like to write more bullet points again the style some vendors that we look at their contents very casual maybe they use some sense of humor some people mostly in the cyber security they like to create fomo or create a fear and so they can provide their style so it's like taking a, a person and said look you're a very good copywriter but now let it let me tell you the way i want you to write about my specific product and my specific brand, and here are a few examples I want you to read before you start to write, and you take them through a few hours of training, right? And now they're more, they're capable to write, but now they're capable to write specifically for you. Fascinating. That is, uh, yeah. that, that's really interesting. That, uh, yeah. and that I hadn't, I hadn't really heard it described that way, nor had I thought about it that way. Yeah. Because uh, typically you would think about it as it's a tool that's available and it's a tool that's that's going to produce the same output or content regardless of sort of um you know what you're looking for but your point is you can i guess the term you use is fine tune it exactly. to uh, to yeah. work that that's that's yeah. really fascinating and here's something that we're working now that uh, going to be in marketing in a few weeks which is fascinating right and again this tool is so, so capable you tr have to try it all the time to find new use cases right so you know I, if if you're a channel partner, you go to the vendor portal and there are a lot of campaigns that you can use. So typically in a human interface to the machine, we do a search, search by keyword, search by filter. I'm selling to this target market. Give me the campaign just for this market. I'm selling to this business size, very linear process. So we say, this seems to be not appropriate with the technology that we have now. So we said to the system, you know, this is a channel partner and we give information about the channel partner, what they do, who they, what they sell, what their expertise, what the vertical market is services now recommend to us a set of campaigns from the list that we have. Hmm. And it came with amazing lists, hmm. Hmm. very, very, very well-targeted. But I said, oh, let's continue to think like a human. Says, you know what? Don't just give me the list of five campaigns we, we should, should suggest to this partner, write the reason. Why did you suggest that? 
and you'll be surprised the quality of the reasoning that it wrote and it says oh because you're selling to this vertical and actually sell this other vendor you should sell our product and here's the campaign for you so for each one of the five recommended campaigns so wrote a very very clear and clever reasoning that when you read it as a partner it says oh now I get why this vendor want me to send this campaign to my clients and it will be different for every partner again something that we could never done before we had access to generative AI technology I like that and and um and I'm sure as this thing evolves and continues to evolve when you continue when you start to have some success with specific vendors and yep. this will play itself out in, in a way that will be really interesting um and, and frankly rewarding from a from a productivity standpoint mm -hmm. right because yep. the other piece i would assume is once you sort of have the methodologies down you then build on those methodologies as you continue to uh you know provide output and, right. and content to folks correct right? and, and the way we see it is the more you start to think about the process more as a human and less as a machine right again if yeah. It's a machine we want to search something we need to index that thing we need to look for a specific keyword and then we can find it but now we can approach it more abstract way I want to do this business I want to serve these clients suggest to me what should I send them and yeah. that brain which we most of us don't really understand even the people that develop it don't really understand how it works yeah. that brain is capable to comprehend the content and write back to you in a very natural way that we all understand yeah yeah except you got to manage it Except you gotta you gotta manage it in, in what you just described as being able to uh being able to figure out how to get the most out of it mm -hmm. um in in the in in the appropriate way, right? Yeah. Because there have been, you know, examples recently. Um we had one not long ago where, you know, there was a situation in New York City where an attorney used it um for some cases to reference in a brief. And yeah. I probably heard about it. Mm -hmm. and it made up the it made up the cases, and yeah. um, you know people immediately get tense about that. Uh, but what you're describing is that the human involvement stays throughout the process. So mm -hmm. you're making sure you're tweaking and tuning and managing it to benefit versus what I think some people think could happen is just utilize it to give you the answer. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not yeah. necessarily going to give you the total answer. I think the way the, the technology was introduced to the general public, mostly through ChatGPT, creates a misperception of technology. Okay, the technology is a, is a, a technology that is in, a, able to predict the next word when you write something. So when you go and write something in ChatGPT, it doesn't have a knowledge base. Mm. It's not a Google search that will go find the content, check Wikipedia, and give you the right answer. Okay, it has a model that when you start a sentence or whatever you write there it statistically can find the best matching word to continue the sentence that you started. Okay, I'm simplifying the process, but that's in general what happens there. So you can ask it to write about anything. And if not something negative or related to security or racist or something, then the model will write about it. Right. And, and you can create fiction topics and, and you'll be amazed how nice it write about it, but it doesn't really exist. So when you approach it and want it, for example, to write about a product, about a solution, about the market, you have to feed it specific content to be the context of your writing. Mm -hmm. And then you use it as a way to reshape that content and rewrite it in, in a specific way. Let's say here's a product description. Now I need an email. Here is a way email is written in my organization. It can take the product information, the email template and generate for you different emails. Now, 
when we take that in, we say, oh, verticalize it to these specific industries. That is specific knowledge already obtained, right? So when you talk to it about banking, it understands to use clients and branches. And when you say healthcare, it will use doctors and, and patients. That's a generative knowledge it has, but it's always written in the context that we feed it and says, this is the vendor, this is the product, this is an example of the template, okay? So it's not a knowledge base. If you ask it to write about specific vendor product, it will write, we tried it. For example, we took a, a vendor product that was released two months ago and we asked it to write about it. It wrote, but everything was nonsense. Yeah. Nothing was really, but when we fed it, here's the product information. Now write about it, then you get very good quality results. Yeah, and that's the key. And that, that's exactly right. So it sounds like you're using it today in your, yeah, in your business. It's yeah. part of our product already, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's great. That's yeah. fabulous, yeah. yeah. Um, no, and version one, we also, we limited at the moment, just, just the vendor can use it. It's not yet open to the channel partners. It can be open right away if the vendor would approve it, but we want them to get the experience, get the confidence, maybe get some feedback to see how we can make it better. But we, the first feature that we released called Edit AI, you can take any email that, or any content that's written in the system, click a button, say, I want to verticalize it to this audience, click a button, wait 30 seconds, and you'll get it rewritten for that, that audience. So very simple use case, very limited in scope. We want to get some experience, get the confidence both on our end and our customer end, and then we'll expand it more to more users, meaning to give it to the channel partners, and then we plan to release more capabilities every month in the coming months. Yeah, that's great. So yeah. as we as we move forward here, and obviously you you know you know what GTDC does, and you know our role. How do you think the distributors moving forward can help their well, certainly their customers who, yeah. you know, who are the solution providers, but also their vendors who are you know sort of their upstream partners? How do you think they can work with them? to help them, you know, kind of, uh, in this space, mm -hmm. is it training? Is it, is it, uh, what, what, what activities can they provide? Yeah. So if you look at distributors in the traditional meaning of that word, right, they do two things before distribution, they do aggregation, right? Yep. If I don't aggregate, I cannot distribute. Okay. Yep. They're aggregator of knowledge, right? Each vendor can supply their specific training to the model. Mm distributor can aggregate knowledge from multiple vendors and create that specific brain to talk about something. So if you're distributors, for, for example, that have a specific sled practice, right? You can work with multiple vendors, aggregate their content, aggregate their training, and now give the partner a well-trained model, not in a single vendor, because each vendor will do it on their own. Mm -hmm. But now you can give an aggregated one. Or if you're a distributor focused on cybersecurity, think of it, you take multiple vendors together. Plus maybe you add your own unique know-how Put it to that brain. Maybe generate some asset to your partners. Maybe give them a ChatGPT-like model that's already trained for cybersecurity. Maybe even something on a technical level. How do two product interact? Or if I sold this product to my clients, what my other product I can recommend from the cybersecurity portfolio? Right. Okay. Right. So I, I see the same role that distribution always had. If it was on physical products, aggregation, distribution. Okay on other support function like financing and credit. Mm -hmm. Now it's about knowledge. Mm -hmm. Aggregate that, build a unique value proposition, build your own unique go-to-market with around generative AI, and then you can empower your partners. And there is endless opportunities. There are endless opportunities here to innovate, to create something unique, something different. It says, I'm a distributor A, I'll be able to provide this solution to my customers. 
and and go to understand the nuances of my partners because this technology not only can learn about the vendor it can also learn about the partners as we just described right go understand the partner profile and now start to match them to the right vendor to the right solutions show them upsell and cross-sell opportunities but again build something not that the template that now we sent to a thousand partners but each one of those thousand partners will get their own unique prescribed a content or business plan or go to market that is customized for you what can you do as a distributor you need to put the, those pieces together to create that value the technology the know-how the relationship and of course the go-to-market and even bring that message to the partner at the end of the day yeah that's you're absolutely right and that's when you look at the, the sort of the 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 variety of different services that Disties provide, you're absolutely right of where it started and, you know, kind of what it consists of, but this could be an add-on. But mm -hmm. I would also think this has got to be resonating really well with your customers, right? I mean, this has got to be, as you explain your approach mm -hmm. and as you provide, you know, your content and your services, you must be getting pretty good feedback, I would imagine, from your existing customers and, and likely your um uh, your prospects yeah we're getting very good feedback what we get really for them is and that's what we spend our time is to hear about opportunities also to hear about their concerns right yeah uh, and we give them early access to the technology try it give us a feedback right the luxury that we have that we have a very large network of customers that both distributors and vendors and we they're willing to share with us their thoughts and their ideas and their challenges right uh, for example, when we started, we focused most on writing original content uh, for vendors. And then they came back and said, no, no, we, we, our biggest challenge now is to take existing content and repurpose it for the channel use, what the people call channelize it, right? Yeah. So we give that priority. Content matching, right? Helping the partners to really find the right campaign, the right message from all this amount, enormous amount of content. That's something that now we use generative AI for. Uh, translation we have been uh, using translation and now ai based translation to improve the quality of the content and, and the results that we're getting right just amazing it can translate content in any language that you like and partner says it's ready to send i don't need to review it i don't need to edit it the generative ai quality of translation by far exceed any traditional translation capabilities before so we see our relationship with our customers as a, as a dialogue right we understand the technology, we innovate, we bring something to them, we get their feedback, we get sometimes the priorities. You know, yeah. we, we like the toys, so sometimes we get excited by the toys and and people say, mm, slow down, we're not ready for that yet. Right. But there is another problem that if you solve it faster, uh, we'll be very excited about using it. Yeah, well, that's, that you know, outcome-based selling. That's, yep. that's yeah, I mean, that's that's what that is and that's <clears throat> it still works. Um, yep. When when you started having the conversations and when you were sort of, you know, beginning in the process, and I know we're not that deep into it, but what were some of the fears? What were some of the things that your customers were concerned about? What were some of the things that, you know, worried them a little bit and, mm -hmm. you know, kind of they, they discussed with you? Because we're talking about marketing, right? There are a few areas of marketing and content writing that today they go through a very rigid, rigid process to approve every campaign. Legal? right i need to make sure that i don't say something that is incorrect that would uh, i'm not allowed to say or that will put me in in kind of a legal challenge later on right yep. accuracy of the content right just to be accurate the style right if i let the machine write i don't want to write in specific way i have my brand guidance i have my own my own brand standard i want this machine to continue and follow that 
right? Um, freedom, right? Now I give every partner in that machine. Before I told them we have you have an email, you're allowed to change these two areas. You can adjust it a bit, but the rest you're not allowed to to change. Now I give them a machine that can change everything. How do I control that that machine? Would they again follow my instruction and my standard? So I think the brand control, the messaging, the security, um, that was the major issues, and we addressed them. Is it perfect? No, but we're working. So, for example, at the moment, for brands that want to use it but want also to have an approval, a human approval process, we have a human approval process. Yeah. I think over time that will go away because not only that the, the confidence, the content will grow, we can learn from the areas where we say, oh, this was incorrect, this was incorrect, this was wrong. And the machine can have reinforcement of that so it becomes better about predicting what is right and wrong for each brand separately. So what's right for company A might be wrong for company B. And that's the fine tuning and brand by brand make the difference over time. Yeah, and you can see how that becomes so important. And particularly in today's day and age, uh, and there's yeah. a lot of stories out there about companies that have uh, um, you know, lost control of their message or lost mm -hmm. control of their brand. Um, it creates significant problems. So. Yeah, but yeah, I think the biggest fear for brands should be let my partners use ChatGPT to write content, right? No control, no training, no reinforcement. Okay, so the, you, you need to prevent your partners from using general purpose uh, uh, generative AI tools because you have no control. You don't even know what they do with that. Right. So in our system, every time they come to request, the partner requests something, the request and the result is stored in the system, right? So there is an audit trail, there is a log, and there is ability to run different questions on the content that was generated to see if it violated any of the rules that the vendor would like to uh, to control. And also you can put a human to review the results. So maybe you want it to be fast, right? Everything partner asks, you give it to them right away, but you can put somebody to the next day to review it, to give correction, again, reinforcement, reinforcing that training and get better AI model uh, to serve the next partner that's asking for information. Yeah, no, I get it. Now that's great. Well, I, I tell you, this has been really, really good and helpful for for uh, uh, folks. And what's very clear to me, very obvious, in a very short time, you folks have developed a very thoughtful approach to 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 this topic that. Everybody wants to talk about and every but but very few really understand, mm -hmm. in, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. And um, what we just went through for the last 20 minutes is a really good, thoughtful approach uh, and a and provided a good understanding, I think, as to you know what you're doing mm -hmm. and frankly, what needs to be done in the marketplace as yeah. we continue to move forward. Yeah. And I think there are tremendous opportunities in market. Again, some of them in our area, which is the marketing communication, I call it storytelling, right? Yeah. So we're in the, biz the business of improving the way we tell our story faster, yeah. easier, and more customizable through different channels, right? But there are technical aspects, right? Configurations, uh, um, improvements of the infrastructure, learning more about the customer and their situation and apply new technologies to improve their business operation. All these different functions can be leveraged and, and be improved with generative AI. And, and the question is then what we as human continue to do, we just need to think and imagine. This technology cannot imagine. This technology cannot think about new. It cannot create something new. Everything it writes about is based on either knowledge it was trained on or context you give it to it. So we'll have more time to sit and dream. But <laughs> when I read books 
and see what people do now. If you give them the opportunity to dream, we're just they can be amazed by what the human being can keep doing. Yeah, totally. And the productivity enhancements that get created for the work that needs to get done, that time yep. that you've saved enable people like you who have an entrepreneurial mind to think about the next uh, big thing that, that we're going to be able to help in the marketplace or put in place in the market. And, you know, in the past, we've worked six days and we've rested once. Now we work five and we rest two and it's normal. Who said that yeah. we cannot move to four and three, right? Yeah. What's yeah. bad about that? I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, Daniel, this has been really good. I really, uh, I really enjoyed talking to you and I've learned a lot, frankly, and I know our, our listeners will learn a lot. So thank you uh, for your time and we'll definitely be in touch because as we move forward and there are, you know, discussions in this area, um, I know you'll be continuing to make progress. So we'll, we'll reach out and uh, we'll continue to dialogue. Thank you. Thank you, Frank. Thank you for very uh, insightful questions and the opportunity to speak about how generative AI can bring value to vendors, distributors, and eventually partners and, and, and customers. Yeah, terrific. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you and have a wonderful afternoon.